Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. This is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today, I have the privilege of having Stephen Morris, the head honcho at Catalator, and it's got nothing to do with felines. Mm-hmm. Stephen, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's nice to meet you and to be able to talk about interesting things, being creative. Absolutely. And I see that before you have a bag of Legos. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love that is everybody has a connection to Lego, and it takes you back to that childhood space where there was you could build anything you wanted. And even if it didn't look like an airplane, we thought it did, and that's all that counted. Yes. And you use that as a mechanism to help teams become stronger. Why don't we dive right in there? Why are you doing this crazy thing, and why does it work? Yeah, why does it work? Well, there's a lot of science and research behind using Lego, which is um, really good and interesting. It was actually um, a process. This Lego Serious Prey process was invented by the Lego Corporation uh, 20 years ago for their strategic management um, development process. And they used a lot of different aspects of um, technology, psychology, organizational development, brought it all together and came up with a better way of getting a team around the table instead of the whiteboards and the post-it notes. It's actually, I'm gonna make some noise here, pulling out Lego and putting it onto the table. And then people start picking up bricks and building. And the way that they build is um, using the Lego to make models that are metaphors for the problems that we are facing in business. Brilliant. So it's a lot like when you have a really long, a young child that has been uh, traumatized in some way and they use play as a way of bringing out the real issue because if they talked about it to the adult, uh, they would shut down. But if they talked about it to a teddy bear or did a little animation themselves, they could communicate. And it's almost taking that same thing, although some people feel traumatized in companies, but it's uncomfortable talking about the real issues. Yeah. Uh, People don't want to talk about themselves, or a lot of people are introverted. I'll raise my hand Mm -hmm. and say that I'm an introvert, and I don't like standing up in front of a room. And I just noticed when you raised your hand, it was actually very slight. It was hardly (laughs) a raise. So you are an introvert. Yes. Yes. I don't want to bring attention to the fact that I'm an introvert. So there's a lot of safety in the process with using the Lego bricks because as a facilitator, I ask a question of the group and then everybody so gets give me to a, build. give me an example of one of those questions. Uh, what would be a nightmare boss? That would be a question that you would start a group off with that's dealing with like a lot of issues and then people can start building a little model of what a nightmare boss looks like. And have, have you taken pictures of those models? Well, I don't always take, sometimes we don't always want to take pictures. You know, it some looks of the, too close to the other guy in the room. I love it. <laughs> yes. But there's a safety in building the models because the attention becomes on the model, on the bricks. Absolutely. Uh, there's this quote that I love. I'm not sure who said it, but it's totally brilliant. It's like, why did God invent fleas? To give dogs something to do. And while you're doing the Lego, it allows you to... It's almost like you're distracting your conscious mind on that and your unconscious mind can reveal what you're really thinking. So that's totally amazing. So tell me, 
Stephen, when you go into a company and you go in and say, I'd like to do this strategic thing using Lego. So give me an example of a, a leader that got it, that said, I love it, and how that turned out, and maybe one that thought you were a nut but still did it anyway and then realized the power of it. Um, well, I haven't had so many of those yet, um, but certainly I, when I talk to people about what I do, I, I see that there are two different types of responses. Mm -hmm. There are people, when I say, well, we can come in and work on the problems that you have in your business using Lego, people's eyes light up, right? They're like, oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. Like, how can I get engaged? You know, when can we start? Um, and then I do talk to people about this um, methodology and they kind of look at me with a little tilt on their head and they can't quite see how that is going to apply in their company. However, it really is just about a methodology for getting people around the table and it can be used in all sorts of different companies. Um, and the nice thing is when we, when we get a group around the table, there is really no barrier to starting to actually pick up bricks and Because you can't building. screw up at it, right? Like if you no. were drawing something, certainly you're self-conscious about, I'm not a good drawer, what's going to happen? But with Legos, pretty much... There is no technical barrier. Yeah. And I have done workshops where, in fact, um, I've had people who have never actually used Lego before. Um, I think we're quite privileged here in the United States mm -hmm. that most people have probably encountered Lego in their lives, but there are other people in other parts of this world that have not. Only because you it. have to take a mortgage out on your house to get your kids a couple of sets these yes. days. Yes, they're really expensive. But, you know, I remember Lego um, when I was a kid getting that first model and building it, and a lot of people share that. So when we come into the room and there's Lego on the table, people relax, and then they can start talking. And so... When some of the, the workshops that I've done, there can be a subject on the table like, we have a new strategic vision for this group here, mm -hmm. and you're going to have to change from, say, being a service provider to a strategic partner in your organization. And for people that have been doing a job the same way for 15 years, and now they're being asked to come with a new strategic vision, that can be quite a journey and you need to process that and talk about it and make it safe for people to be able to go on that journey. And so for example, to go through a workshop, I did a workshop recently like that and we worked through who the team was, who the individuals were, they talked about themselves, they talked about what was important to themselves, they talked about what they wanted to do. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, finally, they got it, like somebody had come up with a model and talked about this concept of who they were as a team. Yes. And everybody was suddenly like, yes, that's it, that's That's what us. we want. Is and that us or is that what we could be? No, that they, it was a cr moment of crystallization, I think, about who they were mm -hmm. as a group and the where they were going to go in this new strategic vision. Okay. And, but it, it took all day to work through to there to like talk through the issues the challenges the environment all of the stuff they had to work through it all before they got to so that let me pause point. you right there because i think one of the problems is people have a notion of us and if they did it in the first 10 minutes that that wouldn't that would be a fallacy whatever strategic direction they were going in probably is not going to work so it takes time to let it reveal the authenticness of it if it was just a 
you lecturing, it'd be hard to get there, but if you got them participating with Lego and playing and letting the inner child come out, I can see why it works so effectively. Yeah, well, there's a structure to that process, and it's a facilitation, mm -hmm. facilitated meeting. In other words, I'm not the sage on the stage standing at the front of the room telling them what's going to happen, right? People are building their models. I'm asking a question. Everybody gets to build. They build separately. So it levels the playing field because you are stopping the, the usual sort of loud voices that dominate mm -hmm. a meeting. Uh, even the quietest, most reserved people still have their role. They get to build their model and they get to share their thoughts. And now you start getting the group around the table listening too. And I think that that brings everybody along because 12 people around the table, you have 12 opinions about what's going mm -hmm. on. Everybody gets to talk. Everybody gets their opinions on the table. Everybody feels like they've been heard. And I think that's such a rare thing these days. You can have a family, mom, dad, let's say three kids. Let's say dad is uh, abusive, not physically, but you know, yelling, screaming, maybe not so happy when he's drunk, uh, starts picking on his wife. It could be very likely that the youngest child ends up being the, the savior that'll get in the way and be the person that will protect the mom. So we each take on these roles in family units and family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Similar things happen in organizations where some people are the bold ones, other people are like uh, saying all the right things, but they're not doing anything to actually make it happen. How do you transcend that fundamental makeup of the team? Certainly they go on a journey, but once they've got that vision, how do you keep them on track and not let the fundamental DNA of that team dynamic get in the way of sabotaging what they're thinking about? Well, I think it needs follow through and it needs regular engagements and coming back to the um, points of what we're working on. So um, one of the things that I've seen in workshops is we can kind of do a, you know, a one day workshop and get to that mm -hmm. point of crystallization. But they need to come back and check in with that vision of where they were. Now, one of the nice things is after these workshops, um, people go home with a little model of what they've built. So mm -hmm. there is actually a physical, tangible reminder, reminder. of where they were um, in that workshop. And then I also will do documentation of these larger models because when we're working through with a large group, a, a bigger problem, we might end up with 30 or 40 models mm -hmm. laid out on a huge conference room table and those models are telling a story. Unfortunately, we can't just pick that whole table up and take it back to the office as a reminder. Um, but we do document the models at that stage and I know that I can go back and look at a workshop from a year ago and remember what those models stood for because they're three-dimensional, they're tangible, and there's so much encapsulated in a model. In each little brick, uh, when somebody builds a model, like each little brick tells a story. Like, why did you put that brick there? What does that represent? And people will talk about the fact that, you know, this gold brick here that I put on the top of the model right. represents integrity, because that's the most important thing for me. And now everybody knows that that's the meaning of that brick. How do you balance that out? Because uh, you could have three people in a team, let's say a team of eight people. Person A, a, the number one most important thing is recognition. 
for them that drives them as human beings. You've got somebody else that's all about integrity and you've got somebody else that is all about uh, compensation. So how do you blend all those different uh, needs with keeping the team together? So I understand the process. So tell me about the follow-up meetings and how you keep everybody aligned. So I think it's um, there needs to be this sort of sense about where that team is going and how those different people are going to form together. Like what are those strengths and, and how are those strengths going to marry together? Uh, for the team as they go forward and that is a longer process of coming back and re-engaging the team um, looking at these issues of you know we talk about psychological safety right which is this idea that people can come into a team and raise their hand and say I don't know what's going on here can somebody please explain to me I missed the last meeting and and feel like they're not going to get ridiculed or blamed or shamed for not knowing what's going on and that's sort of like one of those very sort of fundamental things that um, particularly uh, Google's been doing a lot of research on Mm -hmm. on that particular issue so is that there you know are we coming back and seeing that or are we seeing that there are those usual behaviors that are coming so when they when those usual behaviors come in because they will because that's just the way the reality of the situation is Give me an example of how you handled one of those situations where it was like, okay, what we need to do is do X, Y, Z to get the team back together again or get this person who's starting to become an issue on this journey. Like, how do you corral them in? How do you re-engage them? So we need to look at, you know, what is what are some of those the problem behind the problem, okay, right? Let me the, pause the, you there questions. right now. So rather than talking in generalities, can you go back to, I remember this team, you know, change the name of the person so we don't like uh, call somebody out but a real example would be useful so it's not uh, a cliche that anybody could use it's like a specific we was in this company there was a gentleman and this was going on and this is what we did so in one of the workshops I remember doing there was yeah one person who came in and you know just the body language mm-hmm. they sat back in their chair they had their arms crossed and you could tell that they were not going to be in you yes. know with this group right there was some resistance there we worked through the issues you know talking through you know just getting people going with these questions about what's going on at work and i would say that the magic is that when you actually start going through the process and building the models that because everybody has to build a model has to tell a story that they are actually going to now start participating with the team what was interesting was that individual had negative stories at the beginning Mm -hmm. but through the process of the workshop what actually turned around was they probably cared more than anybody about what was going on it's just through whatever frustration cynicism the only reason somebody gets angry is because they get the feelings hurt. So that level of negativity often underlies what you just said, that they really care. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because people haven't talked to them in the past or haven't um, taken care of their opinions or listened to them, um, so they haven't felt that they've been heard, um, then they, you know, tend to shrink up or they're not going to contribute to the Makes team. Makes sense. But the process of the workshop 
really forces them to come out of that shell. Even if they've got something negative to say, they're still going to say it in a model. And then I think it, going around the team, it builds the respect. And, and I the see, understanding. Yeah, and now everybody's like, okay, well, there's, you know, Joe's got his opinion there, and, you know, we can um, take that on board. And I think in this particular instance that I was thinking about, like, what really transpired, even though he might have been saying what came across as negative things, like people realized that underneath that there was a deep caring. And then I think once that came out, like, once everybody got that, then there was that resistance went away, like that... um, you know, his whole body language started changing and then the reactions of the people to him. We're all a system. Back. Change one element and you change the system. Yeah, oh, and we react, I guess, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of the environment that we're in. So before we part company, uh, you've worked with a lot of teams. Uh, what would be three pieces of advice you could give teams that would allow them to operate at a higher level? Uh, So building trust is one of those fundamental things with getting a team going. And as I was talking about with psychological safety, trust Mm -hmm. and psychological safety um, certainly are going together there. And so being able to have that conversation, I think, around the table to get to a place where people see each other, Mm -hmm. where people can talk, and when people get heard... I think is, you know, it's a very fundamental part of, of building a team. So making sure the trust is there and ongoing process to make sure that's happening and getting stronger. Yeah. Number and two? Structure and clarity, I think. So people want to know, like, what are we here for? You know, uh, what is the team? Which direction are we heading in? Yeah, the um, number of companies where roles and responsibilities, people don't have any idea what people are doing. Yeah, so we want to get them around the table and have that discussion, nice. you know. And I think if we can get that structure and clarity, then people know when they show up to work what's expected of them. Um, and then I think number three is dependability. And so I've seen that throughout my career. Um, when I started my career, I was designing sailboats, actually, for nice. America's Cup and um, the Volvo race. And I would see teams... Uh, who would be successful and would win the race, and then there would be other teams, despite all of the resources, who wouldn't get there and wouldn't achieve that. And that was kind of curious to me. Like, why was that? And you'd go on board the boats with these teams that had gelled together, clicked together. They didn't even need to talk hardly in terms of operating mm-hmm. the boat. They just knew. And it's that dependability. It's and that, that structure and that trust. trust. Absolutely. Um, and that's you, you could see those teams and you could feel it when you were on board the boat with them. And I see that in, in companies now. There's, it's a hard world out there. Constantly I'm talking with clients. The stories um, tend to be similar. We have change. <laughs> change is happening. And Who would have thought? Who would have thought, right? We're getting reorged. You know, we've got a new president. You know, new strategic vision. New competitors. And... Everybody just wants to feel safe in their jobs. They want to feel like they're um, valuable. Fundamental human needs and this kind of bullshit kind of circumstance has not changed since the dawn of time. And I suspect 100 years from now, we'll have much nicer toys, but the same fundamental human issues will still remain. 
And that's why Shakespeare is still relevant today, is because nothing's changed. Nothing's changed, except the pace, I'd say. Yeah, the pace, pace absolutely. has gone up, and that's the thing. Like, you know, the iPhone's only hardly 10 years old, and can you imagine what, I can't even, you know, like, remember back to what was life before we had these computers in our pockets ruling our lives. <laughs> this is going to be obsolete, the whole concept of it, I suspect, at some point. I'm not sure what that looks like, but it'll happen. And it'll be like, oh my God, you grew up with smartphones how did you ever survive how can people get a hold of you so i'm available um on the web at www.catalator.com which is c-a-t-y-l-a-t-o-r i'm also on linkedin at stephen a morris you can look me up i'm gonna put those links in the show notes all right thanks and um you can call me on my phone too 443-254-7711 and i'll be happy to talk stephen thanks for sitting down with me Thank you so much, Uma. It has been wonderful talking. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 